thank you very much for tuning back in to the ADR podcast. It's episode 57 for um, Monday, July something or other, 2014. It's uh, July 21st. I knew that. So... Continuing on from last week's theme, uh, movies based on plays, I uh, I took a piece of advice from friend of the show, Joe Steele, um, wonderful guy on Twitter, and he recommended to me Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And I uh, just finished it uh, about 30 seconds ago, and I was eating a peanut butter sandwich throughout the movie, so I'm sorry if my uh, voice doesn't sound as good as it may usually do, but I wanted to get my thoughts down on this movie as quickly as possible. This is as much of a flash cast as I've ever done uh, for the ADR podcast. Now, I loved this movie. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Uh, There was a point back in high school where um, my English teacher, my junior year, uh, assigned us Hamlet, Waiting for Godot, Back to Back, and it was Perfect. It was the most fun I've ever had in the class for any sort of, you know, for any class. And that sent me into a downward spiral going, delving into everything Samuel Beckett's ever done. Uh, it was so much fun, you know, going back through that and thinking about, you know, the nature of or of life and death and the world and people. And th- this movie, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Are Dead, uh, brought me right back to it. It was perfect. So uh, this movie was made in 1990, uh, about 20 years after the original play was premiered in London, I guess the UK, and they uh, it was directed by the playwright, the original playwright, Tom Stoppard. And uh, I, I was reading on Wikipedia just before recording this uh, that the rights were bought in like 1968 or so, and the uh, movie never materialized. You know, that initial... Uh, draft of the movie never materialized. It was going to be some other person writing and directing and producing the movie. But uh, in the 90s, when uh, the project came back around, Tom Stoppard said, you know, I figured if anyone would be to do this, it should be me, because at least the director wouldn't wonder what the author meant, you know, because it's me. So he wrote and directed this movie. And again, this is one of those moments where uh, this is a perfect marriage of every single like element coming together because it's the creator of the original work, you know, uh, bringing it over into this new medium and crafting it for a different audience and making it something different enough that it works in a different medium, yet similar in that, you know, it's the same story. It's the same play. It's almost like Samuel Beckett translating Wayne for Godot from uh, French to English. You know, it's the same guy. You know, you still get as much of the experience as you can in that proper medium or in that proper language. I don't know. But, you know, with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. So it's... Uh, when Tom Stoppard wrote this, I like to imagine that, you know, he was out with his buddies one night really drunk, and then he said, you know, what What if I just took the two least important characters from Hamlet and gave them their entire play? And that's exactly what he did. Uh, just one little joke kind of expanded into this absolutely absurd production, this absolutely insane, wonderfully written play. And it's all from the perspective of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And these two characters, almost like in the original uh, Shakespeare play, are completely interchangeable. They're just two guys that really don't have anything much to do uh, in the plot. Uh, they're just kind of there most of the time as people to address or as like minor plot devices. But in this, again, they are half of the same character, basically. They just go through the movie, you know, talking about random stuff. They're both, uh, you know half of one single entity, this one single idea or person. I love it. The way that um, all the dialogue goes. Tim Roth plays 
see, I, I can't even remember which one, either Rosencrantz or Guildenstern. The two guys in this movie are uh, Tim Roth and Gary Oldman, and they are perfect. They are absolutely perfect for these roles. And a uh, brief tangent here, I feel like with movies based on plays like this, you get uh, this one kind of definitive performance of it. Um, for most movies, say, take, for example, The Big Lebowski, no one can imagine anybody other than Jeff Bridges playing the dude because the performance is so perfect. You know, the uh, original screenplay was written with Jeff Bridges in mind. He came in, brought so much to the role that the Coen brothers created for him, and lo and behold, we have this wonderful performance committed to film for all time. I can watch it on Blu-ray, I can watch it on Netflix, it's there. It's all, you know, right there, because that's the only one version of it produced. Now, with something like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and I guess I'll use Glengarry Glenn Ross again as an example, you can't imagine anybody else playing these characters, you know? Everyone in Glengarry Glenn Ross is perfect, absolutely perfect for their roles that w was immortalized in film, and... Exactly the same with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. I can't imagine anybody else playing uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern other than Tim Roth and uh, Gary Oldman. And the thing is, you kind of have to imagine other people playing it because these are plays. They were originally made for the stage. So even if you go see in New York with you know professional actors that are paid ridiculously high amounts of money to do this performance you kind of have to cope with the fact that you're not watching, you know, Kevin Spacey, Alec Baldwin, uh, everyone else in, Glare, in Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross. You're not seeing them. You're seeing other people reinterpreting the role. If you go and see Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, you're not going to get the same experience as seeing Gary Oldman and Tim Roth because it's not them. So when you perform something like this on stage, it's so hard to divorce yourself from that original or not original, because, you know, no one remembers who originally performed these. I'm sure it's, you know, written down somewhere as a great performance, but no one remembers them because the ones that are immortalized in pop culture are the ones that are committed to film. So anyone performing Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead after 1990 are either going to knowingly avoid the movie so as to not take, you know, bits of mannerisms or stage direction or anything from the movie, because everyone knows that's what people are going to be going there for. And hopefully, you know, you're either going to avoid it like the plague or co copy the movie verbatim or, uh, you know, the mannerisms that these wonderful actors bring to it. You're going to copy that. And I feel like, you know, when you see a play like this that's been turned into a movie, it's so hard to divorce yourself from that fact. No one thinks about the fact that anybody other than uh, Jeff Bridges could have played the Big Lebowski, or the dude in The Big Lebowski. But no one has to think about that because that's the only iteration of it that's out there. That's okay because, you know, everyone loves that movie and you can go out and find the DVD anywhere. You can go out and find the DVD for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, but if you want to see a play, you're not going to be getting those wonderful performances that everyone knows and is immortalized in pop culture. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, these movie versions kind of not taint or ruin or anything, but they change the way that the play is performed. And I don't know. I think it's really interesting, especially when you compare it to something like Shakespeare. There's no one real definitive version of any of Shakespeare's plays that are committed to film. You know, there's Laurence Olivier, there's a bunch of other ones that do these wonderful adaptations of Shakespeare, but there's no one uh, definitive version. 
other than the original written work. And I feel like that's why those plays are so often taught in schools, because that's if you want to go to the root of everything, that's where you have to go. You can't see it. You can't, um, you know, watch a movie because it's been interpreted. And that's why, you know, those are the ones that are shown. And you can't really go see a play that's considered the definitive one because it's happening live. There's no way that you're going to be able to go see the original people that performed any of these plays or like the best versions of those plays because, you know, chances are they're long gone. There's no way that you're going to get all those actors back there in the same room again in that exact same way. That's why I love about theater. You know, things are super uh, temperamental and super uh, time is fleeting, you know? They're not going to be there again ever until the play ends. You know, they're performing this play eight times a week. They're making this thing happen there in front of you live. And you're the only one that's there to really appreciate it. There's no camera crew. There's no, you know, there's nothing else. There's no DVD copy of that one wonderful performance of Waiting for Godot you saw 10 years ago. You know, it's that kind of stuff lives in your head. And movies like Glengarry Glen Ross, Les Mis, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Any other thing where there's a live version and a recorded version, that's all you got. Wow, you know, I'm nine and a half minutes in already and haven't even talked about the movie much at all. Uh, God. Do I end it here and then continue tomorrow, or do I have like a half-hour episode talking about how wonderful I think this movie is? I'm splitting this in two. I'm ending this here. I'm going to record immediately after this ends because I really, really need to get my thoughts about this movie into my computer so that I don't lose them before tomorrow. You guys will hear that all tomorrow. I get to hear it now because I'm actually recording it. Thanks for tuning into this half episode of ADR, even though it's, you know, twice as long as most other episodes. Uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Or I'll talk to you guys tonight, but you'll hear it tomorrow. Whatever. <laughs>